imagine if you could overhear private, unfiltered conversations between the world's most influential and inspirational women? Now you can. Welcome to Leadership Global, where you'll hear from inspiring leaders who will help you define your vision, grow your leadership, expand your influence, and increase your impact to leave a lasting legacy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Lead Hership Global Podcast episode. I got to tell you, I am so excited to introduce you today to Tulika Rani. She is an extraordinary woman with an incredibly inspiring story, and I can't wait to dive in and tell you all about Tulika. You know, we all face some sort of trauma, adversity, or some other stressor in our life. Everyone will experience twists and turns from everyday challenges to truly traumatic events with much more lasting impact, like the death of a loved one, um, a life-altering accident, or a serious illness. And while these adverse events are certainly painful and difficult, they don't have to determine the outcome of your life. There are many aspects of your life that you can actually control, modify, and grow with. And that is the role of resilience. Becoming more resilient not only helps you get through really difficult circumstances, it also empowers you to grow and even improve your life along the way. Being resilient doesn't mean you won't experience difficulty or distress. In fact, people who have suffered major adversity or trauma in their lives commonly experience emotional stress. In fact, the road to resilience is likely to involve considerable emotional distress. And while certain factors might make some individuals more resilient than others, resilience isn't necessarily a personality trait that only some people possess. In fact, on the contrary, resilience involves behaviors, thoughts, actions that anyone can learn and develop. Much like building a muscle, increasing your resilience takes time and it takes intentionality. So focusing on the four core components of resilience, connection, wellness, healthy thinking, and meaning can actually empower you to withstand and learn from difficult and traumatic experiences to increase your capacity for resilience to weather and grow from the difficulties that you face in life, be sure to use these strategies. I can't wait for you to listen in to the insightful conversation with an incredibly special guest that we have on the Leadership Global podcast today, squadron leader Tamika Rani. She is an Indian ex-Air Force officer, a mountaineer, a TEDx speaker and writer, and today she is going to delve deep into her experiences in armed forces, mountains across the world, including Mount Everest, and her lessons of courage and resilience. Today, Tulika will offer a roadmap for adapting to life-changing situations and emerging even stronger than before. But before we dive in, let me tell you just a little bit about Tulika. Tulika Rani is an Indian woman who is exhibiting exemplary courage, determination, and grit to prove her mark in multiple challenging fields. She is truly an inspirational woman. She served in the Indian Air Force for 10 years. She's trained hundreds of future officers in military training, including India's first three female fighter pilots. 
With 23 mountaineering and trekking expeditions across the globe, she is the first woman from Uttar Pradesh to climb Mount Everest and the first Indian woman to climb Asia's highest volcano in Iran. She has delivered over 85 talks and interviews in India, the US, the UK, and she has a number of short stories, poems, and articles that have been published globally. From her outstanding achievements, she has been given 13 awards, including the Ronnie Locksme by Bravery Award, the Outstanding Global Woman Award, the Global Excellence Award, the Global Icon Award, the Aspiring She Power Award for Courage and Resilience, and the Real Superwoman Award. And I got to tell you, all of those awards are incredibly well-deserved. Thank you so much for joining us today, Tulipa. Hello, Linda. Namaste from India. It is my pleasure to be on Lead Her Shift Global Podcast because I have heard your previous uh, podcast and I'm amazed they are very relatable, very real stories of people with exemplary virtues, talent, courage and resilience themselves, leadership qualities. So I'm really happy to be speaking to you and through you to your listeners from India. Oh, thank you so much, Tamika. It's our honor. Now, let's jump in. Tell us a little bit about your journey. What's led you to have such passion around exploration, courage, bravery, and resilience? Well, I would say that uh, every human being shall delve first within himself or herself before going out into this world. And that is what I have been doing since my childhood, trying to discover myself. As to as a human being, what all capabilities I have within me, the kind of potential that I have within me, I shall be aware of that first. And that is when I would be able to utilize my capabilities. And thereafter, when I rise to a certain level, I would be in a position to give something back to the society and the world. So uh, I suppose my journey has been a journey of self-discovery all throughout because uh, I first decided to join Indian Armed Forces at the age of 21. I was already in because I thought that that was one field which really matched my personality. I was a person who would take uh, initiative, who was very uh, well performing in a team environment. And I had this spirit to go out and explore the world. So that's why Armed Forces fitted my personality perfectly. And I joined that. Thereafter, the life shall not stop somewhere when you achieve one dream. Because if we stop dreaming, life would be over. So that's why I believe in continuously challenging myself and trying to find what more I can do. And that's why I joined the uh, adventure sports through Indian Air Force. And then I got the opportunity to do all these 23 mountaineering and tracking expeditions. After that, I have ventured into public speaking. And public speaking is, again, one thing which now enables me to connect with people all around the globe. And I now believe that our sphere shall extend from one individual to a unit in this entire big universe, a unit which radiates energy and empowers others. So that is what I have been doing now, writing and public speaking. Because through words, through communication, we are able to give something back to the society. We are able to share our stories, 
so that people can learn from them. Also, we are able to in turn listen to others' stories of resilience. And it is a give and take situation where all of us are empowering each other and becoming better individually too. I love that, Tamika. And I will say your entire journey has been one that can be described as courageous and resilient from your time in the Air Force to your time as a mountaineer and now as a public speaker. So Talika, when you experienced setbacks, as you experienced when you decided to abandon uh, a couple of the mountaineering expeditions that you embarked on, you know, occasionally that can lead to self-doubt or perhaps even shame. And the pain of traumatic events can lead some people to isolate themselves, but it's important to accept help and support from those who care about you. So building your connections, prioritizing relationships and connecting with empathetic and understanding people can help remind you that you're not alone in the midst of difficulty. Focus on finding trustworthy and compassionate people who validate your feelings can actually support the skill of resilience. So during your most difficult periods, how did you reach out to others to build the courage to tackle yet another attempt at climbing that mountain? Uh, I would say that we all have these kind of difficult moments in our life because uh, even if you listen to a motivational speaker or any human being on this earth, they wouldn't have reached here without facing these phases of self-doubt, shame, as you said, guilt perhaps sometimes, and dejection, a total, uh, a feeling of a total shattering down of dreams and their entire existence. So this process of construction, destruction, construction, it is a natural way in the universe. It is a universal law. This is a cyclic process and it continues. In my life also, I would start with uh, my joining armed forces because uh, on my first attempt, I tried to join the Indian army and I was recommended in my first attempt, but could not make it to the final merit list. And that is when I was at the age of 19. And I really thought that the world has collapsed around me. Because till then, I was always in the habit of winning. And for winners, the first failure comes really tough. So for me, it was like a shock as to how could it happen to me, a performer all my life, how could I fail? And that was very difficult to take, but I realized that life is not an end anywhere. If you fail, it is an opportunity to introspect and find out the ways to improve ourselves. So that is what I did. I thought that perhaps I lack in exposure and I need to do more to prepare myself better for the armed forces. Next year itself, I did my first attempt for Indian Air Force and I was through. So that was the first incident where I tapped within my energy, where I looked within for the first time for ways and blocks which were obstructing my path and ways to open this flow of energy within me. Second time was when I failed on my first attempt on Mount Everest. I had prepared for it for two long years with my team of Indian Air Force under the supervision of uh, specialized coaches. And we had all specialized diets, specialized training sessions, everything, the mind makeup, everything was going on perfectly. And I thought, Everybody else also thought that I would be able to make it to the top. 
But in life, these times come when we fail. We not only fail ourselves, we fail all those people who had faith in us. This is much more difficult to take. Because when you look that pain in the eyes of your loved ones, it hurts really bad. So at that time, again, I sat down and I thought that perhaps there was something lacking in me. Despite my seemingly perfect preparation, I really believed that there is no use blaming the external circumstances, the weather or the cold or anything for my failure. Perhaps the seeds lie only within me. And that is applicable to every human being who's trying to attain anything. So at that time, again, I tried to look within and I found that yes, there was a personality block here also, and that was fear. Fear sometimes stops us from moving beyond a certain stage. Perhaps we would have accomplished 90%, but during that last stage, when we have to give even more, we are tired already because we have already reached 90%. Now, this is the time we need to tap into our reserve strength. And then perhaps this fear obstructs our path and we fail ourselves and the other people. So again, I tried to remove that block and I was able to make it to the top of Mount Everest in my second attempt, because it was not only this time my physical preparation, but equally and even more the preparation of my mind. So I would say that courage and resilience, courage would come from conviction, resilience would come from hope and people, as you were talking about empathetic people, they play a very big role in this phase of our life because they remind us that we are capable of much more than we realize ourselves. So that role in my life was played by my mother. She has been a really severe critique of mine. Whenever I fail, she does not take it lightly. And she would not sympathize with me, but pinpoint the fault that has stopped me from moving forward. And I'm really grateful for that, that she was the one who told me that you are afraid at one point of time. And that is why you do not move further towards your goal. And I really listened to her. We all shall have that one person who we listen to, even if they are criticizing us point blankly. So I'm really grateful for her presence in my life. Oh, that is so inspiring. And you're right. I think we all need the truth teller in our life that tells us the unvarnished truth in love for our own well-being. They're trying to encourage us. They're trying to lift us up. They're trying to support us by telling us the truth. And I also love what you said about sometimes failure is difficult because it lets down others who had belief in us. And we take on the responsibility of letting down those people in our lives that believed in us and encouraged us and lifted us up. But of course, they are right there with us as we attempt again, as we learn from that failure and we move forward. So Talika, facing your fear, being courageous and attempting that second climb on the same mountain, Mount Everest, that you had abandoned had to have been really challenging. But to build resilience, it's also important to focus on your physical health. As you said, you redoubled your efforts after you did not finish your climb on Mount Everest the first time. 
and you focus on both your physical as well as your mental health. So this idea of self-care is a popular buzzword, but it's also a legitimate practice for mental health and building resilience. And that's because stress is just as much physical as it is emotional. And promoting positive lifestyle factors like proper nutrition, ample sleep, hydration, regular exercise can strengthen your body to adapt to stress and reduce the toll of emotions like anxiety and depression. So what did you do to to redouble your efforts, focus on your physical as well as mental health, and use that as a way to build your resilience and your courage for that second attempt on Mount Everest? I trained my mind to face difficult situations. And even if my body says that you have to back off because it is really dangerous and it is a matter of life and death, all of us have this uh, built-in mechanism of fighting or fleeing. So when a dangerous situation, either we would fight and just face it all with all that we have within us or in the interest of survival, sometimes we retreat. So now that is a matter of training as to what step we would take when we are faced with these kind of situations of survival. It is not only a matter of physical survival, but also emotional, as you rightly pointed out, because not everybody in this world is climbing mountains, but we have our own mountains in our respective lives. In our day-to-day lives, we have enormous challenges that we are faced with. So they take not only physical stamina to overcome the entire day becomes really lengthy, and also it takes emotional courage and resilience within to face these daily challenges. So what I did was, along with increasing my physical exercise, I trained my mind to climb Mount Everest almost every day. While I used to run, I transformed that running into climbing, visualizing that I'm climbing Mount Everest. And I would break down my 100 uh, rounds of a 200 meter track to make it 20 kilometers. So I had to do 100 rounds. I would break these into smaller segments of 20 each. And that 20 each would resemble one camp that we were to be established on Mount Everest. So if I reach 20 mark, I have reached camp one. Another 20 rounds done, I have reached camp two. And that is how I would complete my 100 and visualize in my mind that now I have reached on the top. By the time my body would have already finished all its energy, but there would come the effect of my mind because now I would give another push to complete two or three rounds more to cater to emergency situations. And that is when I realized that if you repeatedly train your mind to face something, when that calamitous situation actually appears in front of you, you have already built that muscle memory which you earlier talked about. So your body knows, your mind knows exactly what is to be done to fight and fight with even more might that you have. For these moments, now we are practiced to get that latent energy down from our reserves. So because we have practiced it again and again, after the goal is completed, we have to do a little more. This moment is really helpful when we are faced with actual difficult situations or on that actual day of performance. It is applicable to athletes. It is applicable to perhaps writers, journalists, everybody, singer. If we practice for that one 
uh, final day, hours and hours every day, you would really perform well on that final day. So this is what I did. In my mind, I was already focused on that particular goal, which was Mount Everest. Even if I was standing in my courtyard, I would visualize that I'm standing on top of Mount Everest. So by the time I actually stood on top of Mount Everest, thousands and thousands of time before, I had already stood on top of it. So that is the power of manifestation. So smart and so inspiring to, to do the work, to prepare not just physically, but mentally. And you talked a lot in that last story about setting small goals. And to build courage and resilience, I think it's helpful to develop some realistic goals to do something regularly, even if it seems like a small accomplishment, like moving from camp to camp to camp in your training, right? That may seem like a small accomplishment. It's not the full hike of Mount Everest, but it enables you to move towards the things you want to accomplish. So instead of focusing on the huge task, which may seem unachievable, ask yourself, what's the one thing I know I can accomplish today that helps me move in the direction of where I want to go? How did you set small achievable goals, Tamika, to help you move towards the objectives of taking on greater and greater mountaineering expeditions? I have learned from mountaineering that whenever we approach a mountain, it appears very big, huge mammoth and unachievable perhaps. So we human beings look like a speck of dust in front of a mountain. But I have also realized that if we take that first step and thereafter continue taking the next step, it is possible to climb any mountain. So that is the philosophy which I have applied in every field of my life. Whatever goal might seem difficult in the beginning, but if we persist, that persistence always pays. And we do not have to focus on how much distance is yet left. We can perhaps see how much we have already covered. So these are two perspectives of looking at one situation. People generally either compare their progress with the task still left and they lose hope, or they compare themselves with others' progress and they find that they are not good enough so I would say that everybody is climbing their individual mountains. Everybody has started with their own resources in terms of their strength, in terms of their different trainings. And we have our own resources. It is our own unique journey. We are not in competition with anybody. So that is how we have to just look at the next step. And if you get tired, learn to rest, but not give up. That's very important. This is what we do while we climb. After 10 steps, there comes a stage when even taking 10 steps seems really difficult. So in our mind, we push our body that, okay, the next target is 10 steps. We would stop and take rest afterwards. So we have a little incentive that after these 10 steps, we would stop. And we really stop and take some deep breaths, but we have not given up. The entire task is still there and we are going to move forward. We have just learned to rest. This is very important in our lives because sometimes we burn out totally. Either we go too fast or we go too slow. And thereafter, the results are not as per our expectations. That builds frustration. We have to learn 
to recognize our sustainable pace. Whatever we are doing in our lives, we have to find that one sustainable pace on which we can go on for hours and hours and hours, for years and years perhaps. And everybody's pace in life would differ. So even if you are at one particular level in your corporate life, it is all right. And you would reach at that particular level also where you want to reach, but in your own time, there is no competition. So this is how I have looked at my goals and this is my philosophy in life. I love that, Tamika. I love how you said everyone has their own mountain to climb and it's important to rest along the journey, but don't give up. It's okay to rest as you begin to break down your goals and objectives into meaningful tasks. It's okay to rest, but don't give up. I love that. You also noted that how you think can play a significant part in how you feel and how resilient you are when you face with obstacles. So it can be helpful to identify areas of irrational thinking, such as the tendency to catastrophize difficulties or assume the world is out to get you and adopt a more balanced or realistic thinking pattern. So for instance, if you feel overwhelmed by a challenge, simply remind yourself that what happened to you isn't an indicator of how the future will go, that you're not helpless, that you may not be able to change a highly stressful event, but you can change how you interpret it and how you respond to it. And that's what I'm hearing in your story. So how did you keep things in perspective and maintain a hopeful outlook, even during the most challenging parts of your expeditions? I always believe that this cycle of construction would continue because I am an observer of nature. I deeply observe nature and I find that there is no permanent stoppage anywhere. So even if the whole tree has lost its leaves in autumn, the leaves would again spring up when it is March, April, that spring season. So that is why I feel that there is no end to your achievements. It is a continuous journey. So if we have failed at one point of time, we must remember that it is just one stop, one pause in our continuous journey. We are much more than one failed attempt. We have a lot of strength inside us. And if we are alive on this earth, God still has some purpose left within us. And that's what I always remind myself in my darkest times. There have been times when I have uh, laid down on my floor and really cried, cried out aloud to God as to show me a direction. When everything seems closed and there is no way forward, I just look up and I cry my heart out, ask him to help me. And next day, I again wake, wake up and I feel and I remind myself that this is a new day new opportunities, new possibilities. So this is how I begin my day, every day. And that's how I am able to go smoothly into the day, making maximum out of my potential. See, we do not um, have to necessarily think as to how much we have progressed. Whatever resources we have, wherever we are in our lives, whatever is in our control, we can do that. We have to learn to leave the things which are beyond our control. Human beings are nowadays bombarded with this expectation of planning and controlling everything in their lives. So we have to understand that we are not gods. 
there is a plan already destined for our lives. There are opportunities that come our way. We have to do our best, but we are fallible beings. Human beings are fallible. If we never make a mistake, we would become gods because God has his own way of teaching us something. And if we continue achieving one after another goals, wouldn't we become very arrogant? Would we remain this humble, compassionate human beings? So to, in order to keep us down to earth, sometimes he gives us these opportunities to learn in the disguise of failures. We have to take that God, I really believe, I have this relationship with God as my father. And as a father, he would always take care of me. That is what my belief is. He would always take care of me. Sometimes if he is not giving me a particular thing, that might be an indication that I need to deserve it first. I have to learn a little more to handle that thing if he gives me it. So that is how I have taken things. And hope, I suppose, is a very big virtue in all of us. It is... It is the power that will sail us through in difficult times. And uh, recently, I came across a poem by Rabindranath Tagore. So uh, a lot of people would have heard his name. He was a Nobel laureate, a very uh, revered poet from Bengal in India. And um, he wrote a poem, which I came across recently while I was feeling low. So he wrote it. I thought that my voyage had come to its end at the last limit of my power, that the path before me was closed, that provisions were exhausted. And the time came to take shelter in a silent obscurity. Sometimes we all feel that now perhaps our time of glory is over. Even if we have been at the height of our career, there comes time when we have to come down from that circle of zenith and then we feel that perhaps it is time to take shelter in that silent obscurity. But he further writes, but I find that thy will knows no end in me. And when old words die out on the tongue, new maladies break forth from the heart. And where the old tracks are lost, new country is revealed with its wonders. That's how I've always found my life to be. Wherever one phase of our life finishes, there is something else more beautiful waiting. Why do we have to stuck our life in just one phase? Being into a corporate, being into a, a banking business, being into writing, being into armed forces for that matter for me. As I came out of forces and embraced my wider self, I have been facing questions as to why I came out of forces. And I give this answer that we all have to grow branches. We cannot remain stuck in one phase of our life. We are human beings. We have much more to explore in this world. And we can do whatever we want in this life. There are so many possibilities. So from there, I get this courage, resilience in my life to bounce back every time when I'm down, that there would be more possibilities waiting for me. I have learned this from mountaineering. Whenever it seems that the path is unending, there would come a bend. There would be even more further roads to cover, but you never know when you are near the summit. And on just next bend, the summit would be there. This is what is applicable to our life also. Sometimes we feel that the road is unending, 
the misery is never going to end. And I don't know how long this path is going to be. And we give up on the path itself without realizing that the journey might be short, shorter than we expect and the destination might be really closer than we expect. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, really beautiful and incredibly inspiring. Thank you so much for sharing that poem too. Golly, it's gorgeous. So Tulika, turning the corner a little bit here, can you help us um, by sharing some of the best leadership advice you've ever received? You've already provided so many uh, nuggets of wisdom that I'm so grateful for, but can you help uh, our audience with sharing some of the best leadership advice you've ever received? I have received it from a person who is revered in our country, and he is Swami Vivekananda. He had gone to US in 1893 in the Parliament of Religions, and he over there spoke about uh, the healthy balance between, between the materialistic view and spiritualism and between, um, between luxuries and the austerity, how a human being should actually live. He spoke about that. What shall be the purpose of human life? He spoke about that. And if we are talking about leadership, what do leaders do? The leaders only empower others to live their lives to the maximum. So the single advice that I would quote here, if I have to quote one, that would be from Swami Vivekananda. And he said, anything that makes you weaker in terms of intellect, physical fitness, emotions, and spirituality, reject it as poison. We have a lot of negative things surrounding us in this world, but we have to be very careful as to what we are allowing inside this very sacred space of ours. And that is solely our responsibility. We cannot blame it to the world that this world is giving us so many difficulties. This world is full of negativity and there is so much hatred and everything happening. No, we cannot blame it to them. It is up to us to block that negativity because the positive things are also there existing in this very world. And we are the masters of choosing between this negative and positive. So whatever we choose, we will get it. Whatever we seek will come to us, block the negative, receive the positive, and imbibe it to such a great extent within yourself that thereafter you start giving it out into this world. So first imbibe goodness and radiate goodness. Oh, I love that. So when you become a good human being, when you become a good human being, you would automatically become a leader. People would start automatically follow you. You do not have to ask them that. I love that. It's about receiving goodness and then radiating goodness and rejecting anything that is not, which is a conscious decision. I love that, Tulika. That's just beautiful. It's simple, but yet really powerful. And I have to say, this has got to have been one of the most inspiring, one of the most uplifting, encouraging conversations I've had in a very long time. And I have the privilege and honor of meeting with some of the most incredible women on the planet. And yet today, Tulika, I will say that you have absolutely radiated goodness 
and you have inspired everyone who is able to listen to this podcast. Everyone in the Lead Hership Global Podcast community, I have to say, Talika Rani is one of the most amazing humans that I've had the opportunity to get to know. With 23 mountaineering and trekking expeditions across the globe, the only woman from the Uttar Pradesh to climb Mount Everest, and the first Indian woman to climb Asia's highest volcano in Iran, she absolutely knows what it is to offer lessons in courage and resilience. She is a living testimony to what it is to have determination, tenacity, resilience, and to face all difficulties with an incredible sense of courage. Talitha, thank you so much for spending this time with everyone at the Lead Hership Global Podcast. Thank you so much, Linda, for giving me this opportunity to connect to you and your audience around the globe. So it is my privilege absolutely to be on the Lead Hership Global Podcast. I wish you a grand success. Keep inspiring people with the real stories. Namaste from India, Corporate Soul. Thank you for joining Lead Hership Global's award-winning podcast. As a member of Lead Hership Global, you have the opportunity to meet inspirational leaders, create lifelong friendships, and be surrounded by others who are invested in your success. Join our global community of inspiring women in leadership, women who will help you create greater levels of impact, support your personal and professional breakthroughs, and help you accelerate your success. Don't miss out on the opportunity to show up, speak up, and step up in your professional and your personal life. Find out how you can join us at leadhershipglobal.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.